Hello everybody, hope you're having a great day. We did another live video episode of Ride and Talk recently, this time on Active Cruise Control, where we spoke to some of the brand experts about this innovative rider assistance system that BMW Motorrad will soon be offering to its customers. If you missed the live podcast, don't worry, we captured the audio so you can listen now and learn more about this new cruise control with distance control for maximum comfort and best possible safety when riding. Enjoy. BMW Motorrad fans, Andy Dukes here and welcome to our second live podcast. Thanks for joining us from wherever you're watching. Today it's a bit of a technical one. We're going to talk about ACC and that stands for Active Cruise Control just in case you didn't already know. So it's all about maximum comfort and best possible safety when riding a motorcycle. Some of you of course will know about and already use this kind of technology in your cars but this is the first time it will make its debut on a BMW motorcycle. But how does it work? Why do we need it? And how exactly does it enhance our riding experience? All these questions and many more are gonna be answered today. Not by me, but by our special guests, Marcus, Jonas and Elisa, who are part of the team behind this exciting new development. Welcome to the live podcast, guys. Give me a wave if you can hear me. Always a relief, always a relief. Anyway, thanks for uh, making my life easier today as we attempt to simplify some complicated tech. Anyway, Marcus, why don't you get the ball rolling and tell us exactly what you do at BMW Motorrad? Yeah, hello, I'm Marcus. Um, I'm responsible for the motorcycle ACC system at BMW. I'm working for um, BMW since almost 20 years, uh, starting developing ABS systems for motorcycles and after some time I changed to the passenger car guys uh, to develop brake systems and uh, stability control systems. After this period I came back to motorcycle because I like it much better and start to develop ABS Pro, that's a BMW cornering ABS as a project leader and since the last three years um, I'm responsible for the ACC system also as project leader. So that's roughly about me, and I hand over to Jonas. Hey everybody, uh, hey Andy. I've joined the team of Marcus um, ACC Development in 2018, and my job at the beginning was the overall um, system specification. So what I did was I defined how um, ACC comes into the bike, how it uh, interacts with all the different components on the bike. This then um, turned on to um, an application task which means I was responsible for how the system feels, how the acceleration, the deceleration is on the bike and um, how it is actually for the rider himself. And last but not least, I was also working on the functional safety part of the project. Alisa, I guess you're next. Hello everybody, welcome to our podcast. I'm Alisa and I'm product manager for riding assistance and connected safety. I started working for BMW in a dealership in 2007. After several functions on the car side, I joined BMW Motorrad in 2013. Now as a product manager, I represent the customer requirements as part of the ACC project. Fantastic. Well, listen, thanks guys. It's When I talk to uh, people like you, it always makes me wish that I'd concentrated a little bit more at school and paid attention for sure. Anyway, we really appreciate you being our guest today. In the week or so since the press info went out, there's certainly been a lot of interest from our community on this topic. And I'd struggle to explain all the technology, so it's great to have you by my side, virtually at least. Now we've got a lot to get through today, so I'll just keep firing questions at you all if that's okay. Now, 
Elisa, Active Cruise Control, ACC, or whatever you want to call it, can you please explain exactly what our community can expect from this new feature? Yeah, the new Active Cruise Control, ACC for short, is the next step in the further development of classical cruise control. It now comes additionally with distance control. In a nutshell, it allows the rider to specify a set speed and a set distance to the vehicle in front. Okay, yeah, well, some riders listening are maybe going to be a bit sceptical, Lisa. So, how would you explain the benefits of ACC to any of our listeners who have never had any assistance systems on their motorcycles before? I think most of our customers already use rider assistance and comfort functions today, such as cruise control. With ACC, we want to increase the comfort and reduce the effort for the rider in many riding situations. No motorcycle ride consists only of beautiful road sections and passes. There are always these long straight roads, motorways or even bridging sections between exciting curvy roads. And I'm sure every rider knows the situation when you're stuck behind a car or a truck and it's not possible or permitted to overtake. It is exactly during these situations where most riders wish for support. And those who already use cruise control today, with ACC there is no more need to adjust the set speed manually. In addition, the function is also very helpful for our commuters on their daily ride to work, similar to the cars at BMW. Yeah, so taking care of all the boring bits, it sounds pretty good to me. As I said earlier, many of us are familiar with different versions of this on their cars, but how is this motorcycle ACC different from the advanced systems in, say, BMW cars? Marcus, you've worked on the car side as well as motorcycles, so you're probably the best person to answer this one. Maybe, yes. <laughs> so actually it's quite the same function on a motorcycle um, as on a car. But of course we had to adapt to the motorcycle use cases. Maybe can you imagine um, on a, a car you enjoy the ACC system on like a traffic jam situation. We focused more on the highway riding. So we adapted and since it's the first time we did this um, system or developed the system, we had to redesign the system to the purpose of motorcycling. So we have the situation that we have less space for buttons and um, switches, less space for the display and also complex riding dynamics. So we had to adapt to all this and of course we have unique motorcycle situations like cornering with lean angle, uh, like the group riding and also the displays riding in the lane. So we tried to fix all these requirements uh, to the system. Thanks, Marcus. Good answer. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Jonas, but the system isn't on unless you switch it on. Is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. So when you no. start off riding with ACC, um, your system is going to be in either one of two states. So it's either in standby or in off mode. Um, this is determined by the switch you see over my head. Um, if it's on the left side, you're going to be in standby mode, uh, in off mode, sorry. Um, so you will not see any display. Um, and there is going to be no intervention by the system. When you switch it to the right, you're going to be in standby, so the system is ready to be used. And still there, you see a symbol in the screen, but there will be no intervention also in this case. Now when you want to activate, you use the um, set button or the resume button, and the system is going to turn itself on. You might be already familiar with this kind of um, behavior from the cruise control systems we already have on our bikes. 
in serious production. So I guess you're going to need one of those uh, TFT screens to see it then. So how does ACC work in conjunction with this then, Marcus? At least we have two main functionalities in the TFT screen. One is obviously the display um, so that we can show the status of the ACC that you can see if the vehicle is recognized by the system or which uh, distance you have to um, select. And the other is um, we have, uh, an, we call it assist menu where you can scroll in and where you can change setting of ACC like the character of the ACC. All right, thank you. So back to you, Jonas. What is actually shown on the screen during riding then? So when the rider rides by himself and the system is not activated yet, it's going to be in standby, which is um, displayed by a gray um, ACC symbol shown on the TFT screen. Now when the rider activates, as I said before, this one's going to turn green, indicating that the system is working and it's taking over the control. Now when there is an object detected, this is also shown by a small car right above the ACC display. When the rider now chooses to overroll the system, so open the throttle, um, this is also indicated um, by the system to the rider and the vehicle, um, so the object, is taken away and also the middle part of the lower uh, display. So this means the rider is overruling, but as soon as he goes off the throttle, the system takes con the control back. Understood, yeah. Thanks, Jonas. Lots of information available there at a quick glance, of course. So, Marcus, does the system give you any audio signals as well as those visual notifications? Uh, yes, that's also a difference to the passenger cars. We don't use audio signals, we just use the visual signals because, as you know, there is a quite high noise level at high speed on a motorcycle and you do hard to hear these warnings properly. So that's why we decide to just have visual signals. Yeah, fair enough, that makes sense. I'm not sure if you'd want to, Marcus, but can a rider still choose to use cruise control but without distance control? Yes, of course, this is still possible. Um, here the rider has two opportunities to switch between distance and speed control. One is, as I told you, um, in the assist menu where you can uh, switch on and off uh, the distance control and therefore have just the speed control. The other way is a little hidden uh, way. If you apply a long press on the distance button, then you also can switch between ACC and DCC. And because of it's a hidden uh, feature, maybe you have to use the manual, or if you didn't see this podcast, of course, um, then you know, or you find out at, at some time. Okay, cheers, Marcus. Remember, you heard it here first, listeners. Now, I imagine that it's a more complicated job to develop an ACC system for a motorcycle compared to a car. So how did you and your BMW Motorrad colleagues overcome this technical challenge, Marcus? Yeah, so first of all, I wouldn't say it's more or less complex uh, in a motorcycle or in a car. It's just different. We had to adapt to the motorcycle environment. And, but we could start with a well-developed system from passenger cars, so we could focus on the adaptation to the environment of the motorcycle and to the use cases like the cornering, um, like the tighter dimensions of the wheel, and also the riding dynamics. It's completely different, of course. Um, what we also did is uh, we introduced a new ABS system to be able to apply the brakes by the system independently, so especially with the front brake, uh, we can achieve a high braking uh, performance uh, with the ACC system. And what we also needed, of course, uh, was an engine ECU to be able to accelerate um, the bike by the system. Um, 
and also we put a lot of effort in analyzing what level of uh, acceleration and deceleration is suitable for the rider so to find a compromise between dynamic um, reaction of the system but not surprising anybody negatively by a too high let's say acceleration I think I understood all that, Marcus. I guess all I need to know is that it just works all the time. Now, of course, I mentioned earlier how bikes behave very differently to cars, and that's why we ride them. But what I want to know from you now, Jonas, is how do the radar sensors determine the so-called vehicle path? I mean, how do they know what object to fix on in front of them? Yeah, exactly. That's the point. If you put the radar on the bike, um, it sees a lot while you're riding. It sees objects in front, it sees stationary reflections, all that. Um, but we needed to tell the radar which object to pick, right? So that's why we needed the uh, IMU, so the um, vehicle motion sensor, to get information about how we are riding currently, then being able to forecast the path on which the bike will travel in the future, in the close future. So um, with this information, together with what the radar is seeing, we can then pick the correct object for our control. Okay, all right, but in like an emergency, a rider faces a split-second choice to either brake hard, which could cause a crash maybe, or hold back on braking and then risk running into an obstacle. So could you explain to us how ACC can make a difference in these kinds of scenario? Well, ACC, when you use it, it will uh, control the distance to the vehicles in front um, by the system. This means you might have more time to react in comparison as if you would ride by yourself and uh, don't take care for a second. ACC controls the distance, that's one thing, but the other thing is it's not um, built to deal with emergency situations. Um, so it has a limited deceleration and also a limited buildup of deceleration, which the system cannot um, deal with like emergency situations um, all the time. If there is one and if the system detects it, you're going to be um, it's going to tell you. It's going to show you a big red blinking screen uh, of a car to tell the rider to take over the control in order to solve the situation. Okay, so that's uh, a takeover request. Marcus, will ACC take over in the case of an emergency then? So we didn't uh, develop ACC for emergency uh, situations, so maybe this will be a next step. Um, but of course, like Jonas said, um, ACC will start breaking if it recognizes an emergency situation and once we reach the limit then we will send the takeover request uh, with this red blinking car. Okay, so how does a takeover request work exactly then? Actually we have three levels of um, this request. Uh, depends on how urgent the situation is and how urgent it is that the driver takes over. Uh, the most urgent one is of course the emergency situation which we have explained already. The second one is if we have to switch the system automatic, switch off the system automatically, let's say because the RPM of the engine is too high, then we send the rider feedback message. Uh, the TFT screen which shows this message to the rider and tells him that the system was switched off. And the third one is if we again switch off the system automatically, uh, let's say because we drop at a too low speed and uh, um, have to avoid the stalling of the engine and there's additionally a car detected in front then we also send this message uh, combined with the red car to tell the rider that he has to take over. Yeah okay a lot of different situations there and of course we all ride differently so I'm interested to know how smooth 
are the accelerating and braking characteristics within the ACC system. Can you enlighten us on that, please, Jonas? Yeah, sure. So, of course, we try to make it as smooth as possible, but still um, fitting to the dynamic riding of a motorcycle. So what we did was we limited the build-up of the acceleration and also the deceleration, as well as the maximum value of both of them. One thing uh, I wanted to add is um, that in pre-development, we found out that there is not going to be one setting which fits everybody. Some like it more dynamic, some like it more comfortable. That's why we are introducing two settings, two characteristics of ACC. One is um, comfort and one is dynamic. What's the difference between those two? I mean, I guess the clue's in the names, but how have you, how have you done that? How have you adapted it? Yeah, sure. The name tells you already, but um, in comfort mode, we have limited the buildup of the acceleration and deceleration more than in dynamic and also the maximum values. But additionally, uh, we changed the tuning of the so-called curve speed controller um, so that we have more lean angle capability in dynamic mode compared to comfort mode and um, also the acceleration out of the corner is a little more dynamic in dynamic mode. Curve speed controller. Sounds interesting, but how exactly does it work in the ACC, Jonas? So first the question would maybe be, why do we need a curve speed controller? Um, but let me try to explain this by an example. When you ride uh, during nighttime and you have a standard headlight which does not adapt to roll angle, um, you will see pretty much when you just go straight, right? The light is sufficient. But when you turn into a corner, things change. Um, you're not going to see as much as before. Pretty much the same applies to the radar. So it can happen that it loses an object in front in a corner. And normally what would happen is that the system would then accelerate to the set speed. But in this case we wouldn't want that. So therefore, we are introducing the curve speed controller to limit the acceleration and deceleration, of course, but also control towards a comfortable roll angle or lean angle during a corner. And this is also adapted um, whether you have comfort mode or dynamic mode. Okay, super. Thanks, Jonas. I'm going to bring you back into the conversation again, Lisa, because you're looking a little bit lost down there. <laughs> it's more than 30 years since BMW brought out its first motorcycle ABS system. You probably weren't even born then anyway, but and I, I know I was only a little kid. Believe it or not though, there was even resistance to that at the time. But of course ABS is now standard across the whole range of BMW bikes. So do you think ACC has the potential to become standard across the model range in the future? We adjust our product offer according to the different vehicle segments, customer groups and their needs. But sometimes functions cannot be clearly assigned to a customer group or a segment. First of all, ACC is a tool function, for sure. But we align our offer with the market and the customer needs. So we will see where it will come, but I think that's enough information for now. Okay, thank you. Very politically correct answer there. <laughs> I'm going to move back to you, Jonas. Um, I've got to raise the elephant in the room. There, there'll be a concern for some motorcyclists that any kind of outside intervention, uh, they could believe it could, you know, affect their riding or destabilize their bike. How can you reassure these riders that this isn't the case with ACC? So first of all, when a rider rides just by himself, the system not being activated, there is going to be no intervention by the system, no braking, no acceleration, nothing. Um, if you choose to use the system, of course it's going to break, but it's going to break pretty much easy to control. Um, another thing about the destabilization you mentioned, 
when you want to use ACC, you have to make sure that ABS and traction control is switched on and on the bike. ABS you cannot okay. switch off anyway, but in traction control, if you switch it off, ACC is not going to work. Um, right. So that's how we make sure that when you use ACC, there's always going to be traction control and ABS working in the background, which also means that there's going to be no destabilization by the system in these cases. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, then uh, leave those sudden reactions just to us riders. Because, of course, the things we love about motorcycle riding are the excitement levels and the experiences gained. So, Aliza, over to you. Is there a chance BMW Motorrad could be accused of interfering with our riding freedoms with this system? I have a counter question for you. How much freedom is it to ride four hours on straight road with a lot of traffic just to get to exciting curvy roads? With ACC, we ensure that there is still enough energy left when you reach those beautiful sections to have fun. Okay, fair enough. Would you agree with that, Marcus? Yes, of course I would. <laughs> um, maybe one word, why we are so confident that uh, we do the right step here by introducing ACC in a motorcycle. As you maybe can imagine, we have a lot of uh, deeply passionate and experienced riders within our development department. And we were discussing a lot about, does it make sense to have such a system in the motor bike? And is it worth the effort we have to uh, put in? And does anybody will uh, buy the system? And we were talking a lot and talking, but we could not convince, convince properly our colleagues um, by talking, but we could by the test ride. So we sent them to a test ride and they almost all came back with a smile in the face um, saying, Oh yes, you really create a, a completely new feeling of uh, comfort traveling. So that's why we believe that our customers will um, like or enjoy the system also. Yeah, I'm sure they will. I'm looking forward to trying it, certainly. Okay, we had a shout out last week for some questions from the community. So hopefully we might be able to get a few of them up on screen. Okay, I believe a system like this could be distracting in terms of focus and concentration. What would you say about this? Uh, I'm going to ask this one to you, Elisa, to answer. Um, I think that aims at the previous question. Um, for example, you are on a ride with a group of motorcycles and you have a lot of cars in front which you cannot overtake. Then you are busy the whole time to adjust the speed and the distance. And that's not fun. It's exhausting. ACC was developed to save energy and concentration exactly during these situations to be fully focused and concentrated for the beautiful places ahead. Good answer, good answer. I can see you properly now as well with my glasses on. Okay, are there extra warning lights on the display that could distract you? <laughs> good question. Right, I'm going to ask this to Jonas. This is from Cody Kudenhofer, if I've said that right. <laughs> Yeah, as we already spoke about the icons on the, on the display, they are additionally, of course, that's true. But they're not going to be distracting because they are very simple in the way they are and they will always exactly display what is going to happen with the system while using the system. So if you see the object in front and there is an object on your TFT screen, you can be sure that it's going to be some reaction by the system. Um, so you're going to learn um, by looking into the TFT screen and also observing what is happening pretty soon and pretty easily uh, how the system is working and what it's doing in certain situations. 
Okay, thanks, Jonas, and uh, hopefully that answered your question, Cody, and I hope I said your name right, but probably not. Okay, next question. This is from Eduard Pay. Does ACC add a lot of additional weight to the bike? I wonder if he rides a double R. Who knows? That's the kind of question you get from double R riders, but I'm going to ask you to answer that anyway, Jonas. <laughs> well, about the weight, as we learned that there is only one new sensor on the bike, the radar sensor. And the radar sensor is roughly 200 grams, which is equal to the weight of your motorcycle gloves. So I guess that's not a big issue, is it? Not at all, not at all. Next question, please. Okay. <laughs> all right. You can all read who that's from, so I'm not going to go there. I love BMW bikes, but can this system be used in very heavy, slow-moving traffic or stop-and-go situations? Jonas, you're on a roll, so you might as well answer this one too. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, you can, of course, turn, off the, uh, turn on the system in these situations, but it's not going to be um, perfectly suitable for those because there is a minimum speed, and if we drop below, it's going to turn off. So there's no stop-and-go function as we know this from our uh, passenger car colleagues. Um, the system has been made for highway riding, for monotone riding, with or without object. That's not the case, not the problem. But um, slow traffic is not really the use case. And if you are in a traffic jam, with a motorcycle, who's going to wait in line anyway? Yeah, you heard it there. Okay, have we got another question? All right, from uh, Andreas Torsten. How might I have to change my behavior to adapt to the ACC system? I'm presuming he's talking about maybe overtaking or road positioning, visibility, moving back in, those kind of things. So uh, we'll let you answer that one, Marcus. Yeah, sure, I can. So, in general, you do not have to adapt your riding behavior um, for the system. It's, it's made for all riders. But if you want to, of course, you can, and you can help the system to work best. So if you, let's say, have a, a smooth and calm riding style, then it's easier for the system to, to pick the car in front. If you do it more aggressively or, or nervously, it's quite hard to pick the right vehicle in front if you have to look like one, uh, meet, 100 meter ahead. So a calm and, and smooth riding style helps. Another situation is the takeover situation, as you mentioned. Um, so if you push the indicator uh, to show the system that you want to overtake uh, somebody, then it can react accordingly by, by a, a slightly acceleration and making the maneuver smooth. And the third item maybe is um, if you follow a vehicle, follow it in the center and in line, so it's also easier to select and deselect um, the, the object in front. Okay, great t-shirt by the way, Marcus. Got <laughs> very, very good face there. Okay, next question from, uh, from Moritz. Uh, from Moritz, I, I, I'm not even going to go there with the pronunciation of the, the family name. But do you see a time that active rider participation will be required less and less and eventually not at all? I'm going to throw this one across to you, Elisa. Okay, um, I think that's an understandable question in terms of the technological progress on the car side. But we want to use autonomous driving technology in a very specific way. It's our mission to raise safety levels on the one hand and on the other to take riding fun to a new level. Because we're all riders, we want to feel it and we want to be self-determined. So our customers should be able to decide at any time whether they want to use a function or not. 
So our target group are those customers who want to use assistant systems. And this does not only include uh, the experienced rider. In addition, people who do not already ride a motorcycle. With assistant systems, we want to make it easier for them to find an access to the motorcycle. Good comprehensive answer. Thanks for that. Have we got another one coming up? What about other functions like steering and lane guidance assist, speed limit assist, lane change assists, things like that? Could we see all of these becoming commonplace on bikes in the future? It is our personal claim to offer an innovative product offer of safety and comfort. Of course, we also work together with our colleagues from the car side. But just because something is technically feasible, it does not mean that it makes sense. Therefore, we focus on functions that create added value for the rider. Okay, great. Next question, please. Ah, interesting. Okay, yeah. that's the one on a lot of people's lips, I guess. Okay, so is ACC going to be offered as standard or as an optional extra? And what's the price going to be? Yeah. Alisa, it's over to you again. Yeah. Um, as mentioned, we would like to let the customer decide whether to use a function. This is the reason why we will offer ACC as an optional equipment. Regarding the pricing, this will be communicated together with a bike in the course of this year. So stay tuned. Stay tuned indeed. Okay, final question from me then. And I'm going to ask it to both Jonas and Marcus. Can you sum up or simplify in just a few sentences exactly how ACC makes riding safer and therefore more enjoyable? You can start, Jonas. Yeah, sure. Um, so, as we said before, ACC gives you the opportunity to hand over the task of um, controlling the longitudinal um, part of the bike to the bike itself, which uh, makes it possible for you to save energy and concentration for um, future situations to come up. So that's one thing. The other thing is, if the system keeps the distance to the car in front, you have more time for reaction and it will tell you when to react um, in the cases where it can. Um, but also the uh, radar functionality and the system on the bike gives us the opportunity to come up with uh, next innovations in the future, observing the front of the vehicle. Yeah, the future, that's the thing. Anything to add to that, Marcus? No, maybe we don't want to um, just ob observe the front. We also want to see the back and the sides of the bike. So our target is a 360 degree safety for motorcycles. And we will work for this. And maybe one word to the autonomous world of the passenger cars. So we believe that in 10 or 20 years, it will become normal uh, to drive autonomously for cars, for sure, not for motorcycles. We don't believe in this, because th this makes no sense. But what we want to ensure is that we can enjoy riding in future um, also. So we, we will want to work for that we will still fit in this future world of autonomous riding and that we keep being accepted at least um, and we can enjoy the riding of the motorcycle. Yeah, too right, Marcus. Well said. I mean, we always need to be a relevant and acceptable part of this transport mix, don't we? And, and be part of the solution, not the problem, I guess. So, yeah, well, thanks, everyone. That's all we've got time for today. If you, any of you listeners have still got any questions about ACC, then just continue to send them in. We'll, we'll answer them all. Well, the experts will anyways. 
Um, and if you want any, you know, to search up any more information, just search BMW Motorrad Active Cruise Control online. You'll find loads of stuff out there. So yeah, thanks once again to Marcus, Jonas and Elisa for explaining the technology in a way even I could understand. Thanks to the team in Munich pushing all the right buttons to bring this live podcast to all you listeners out there. And thanks to all you for watching. I hope you've learned a thing or two about ACC. I certainly have. Enjoy the rest of your day, wherever you are and whatever you plan on doing. So until next time, stay safe and healthy out there. And it's bye from me. Bye-bye.